Good morning, Bucknoters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning Five here on Friday, June 14th, 2019. I am Dave Biddle. Very happy to be joined by Jonah Booker for his usual Friday visit. Jay Book, we're going to get into talking about what the hell is going on at Penn State right now. Um, they've had three four-star prospects decommit this week alone, two offensive linemen and a corner. One of those offensive linemen, of course, was Grant Tuton to flip to the Buckeyes. Um, they're down to nine commits in their 2020 class. Um, the rank just 20th in the country. And they also had a bunch of players that transferred. Um, you know, every every school's dealing with transfers, but they had a bunch, they had like more than anybody, more than anybody in the country transferred from Penn State, went in the portal and actually transferred. Plus, they had guys leave early for the draft that didn't even get drafted. Jay Book, what the hell is going on at Penn State, my man? Yeah, it, it seems like James Franklin is on the ropes right now. Ever since that uh, come from behind win by Ohio State when he went into that press conference and uh, made the claims that uh, they're not elite yet and Ohio State is elite, things have really turned for the worse for that actual program. And as you mentioned, uh, just first of all, all of the losses from the transfer portal and now kids are decommitting. And it, and if you look back at Julian Fleming's comments when he was talking about Penn State, he said – he said that there was an underlying vibe within the program that he didn't like. Obviously, uh, a lot of people locally uh, thought he was a heavy Penn State lean. And as things played out, uh, things really started to turn worse as far as their relationship. I know uh, the Penn State fans are getting a little uneasy there. If you look at their offensive line recruiting last year compared and combine that with this year, things are looking pretty suspect. But I think right now James Franklin – that program is at a crossroads. If he doesn't have a monster season on the field and kind of turn the tide here, things can go extremely south for this for this football program right now. I know a lot of those uh, those fans on, on their board, they're a little uneasy about the way things are happening. Obviously, the message board uh, fans are going to be a little bit more vocal than your average fan. Uh, your average fan, they're going to look at what is happening on the field. I think that was an extremely bad loss from them in that bowl game against Kentucky. You can't go out on the field uh, against Kentucky and blow that game. Uh, when you're you're trying to get to that next level, those are games that you have to uh, bury teams and show that the program is headed in the right direction. And, and the same thing with kind of with Michigan, losing those bowl games late has a carryover effect going into the next season. You look at Michigan, they lost at Ohio State game. They lost their uh, last several bowl games. And that kind of bad taste carries over into the next season. And you're starting to see it heavily with Penn State right now uh, as we're getting ready to gear up for fall camp. Um, it's to be determined, will they lose any more recruits? Who knows? But there's a bad taste amongst that uh, the recruits when it comes to that football program. Yeah, it's crazy. And, you know, you touched on Julian Fleming, uh, the number one wide receiver in the country, a young man, um, I guess, quote unquote, just down the road from Penn State, about 90 miles away. But Penn State thought they had him in the bag. If you would have asked any Penn State fan maybe three months ago, um, they thought they had him in the bag. And you lose the number one wide receiver in the country, the number one player in your own state, and you lose him to Ohio State. And then, as you mentioned, Julian Fleming was very – 
um, honest about why he picked Ohio State. And I didn't get that he was like trying to throw Penn State under the bus. He was just being very honest about he, he saw some issues there. And it, it does seem like Julian Fleming is the catalyst here, Jay Book. Like if he would have committed to Penn State and if he would have said nice things, maybe none of this would have happened. It's really had a domino effect ever since he committed to the Buckeyes. Yeah, and, and if you look at some of the the comments that Fleming made, he made point uh, of saying that they've had uh, a lot of turnover as far as the wide receiver coaches. I think they've had a uh, a new coach uh, recruiting him at that position over the last several years. And then you just look at the downfall of the offense since uh, Saquon Barkley left and Joe Moorhead went to Mississippi State. I know James Franklin uh, likes to be more of a CEO and the guys that here bringing in kind of runs the shop as far as the coordinators. And I think he made some bad hires, which has really cost that actual program. Um, and I think it was also a bad look that Michigan was able to swoop in and take Gaddis uh, from them as well. Whereas it looked like at, at one point that James Franklin could have had him as a coordinator. Uh, so I, I think a lot of personnel decision as far as coaches um, the relationships with recruits and just kind of the overall vibe with Penn State is pretty bad right now. The one, the one thing that you don't, you do not want to have is your name as a program just being kind of sour amongst national recruits and especially local recruits. The local recruits are, is what's going to drive your name and your brand. Obviously, you're going to try to attract national recruits to your program, which Penn State is trying to do. But if you're getting a bad vibe from the local kids, that's a bad, bad sign. I tell you what's a good sign for Buckeye fans is the way recruiting is going for the Buckeyes. And we talked about a couple of the kids, you know, Julian Fleming and Grant Teuton. But just overall recruiting, I mean, uh, Ohio State has a ton of momentum right now. And you know, they're closing down some really good defensive recruits like Clark Phillips and a few others. Um, you know, you're looking at Cody Simon, an outside linebacker from Jersey City that the dean has put a, a crystal ball in for. A lot of people have put a crystal ball in for Clark Phillips, as I mentioned. Uh, a couple of high four-star prospects there. Right now, the Buckeyes, J-Book, have the number eight recruiting class in the country. And this is before this huge month of June has even been has even close to wrapped up. We really should take it through July 4th because some kids are going to announce on July 4th. Um, in the end, if you had to put a number on it, how high do you expect this 2020 class to be ranked for the Buckeyes? I think it has the potential to be a top five class. Um, obviously, you're going to have some SEC teams that always make the late signing day push. Uh, but the key for Ohio State is just getting that uh, defensive side shored up. Obviously, the defensive recruits are coming a little bit later than the offense, but you have to feel good where Ohio State's right now when it comes to the momentum on the defensive side of the football, the way things are trending. And if you look at a lot of the crystal balls, Ohio State's really about to lay the foundation uh, for that defensive side. Uh, but a top five class is definitely within range there. Obviously, you're going to have a lot of shake and bake when it comes to ranking uh, adjustments once the season starts and the Nike opening and how teams in the SEC fare. But Ohio State is in great position. You couldn't ask for anything better right now when it comes to Ryan Day and his first full recruiting class. Obviously, if the play is up to a high standard on the field, you could see some of those late guys um, getting in the mix there, more national pros. But the thing for Ohio State is get your top targets, get your local kids in the fold early, and then start focusing on some of the other guys that uh, you want to you know, point to the fence for because they may be long shots, but you actually have a, a fairly decent shot at getting them. Yeah, for the listeners that might be wondering what's the latest update on Paris Johnson and, and his 
new uh, high school teammate, Darian Henry. They've always been friends, but now they're high school teammates. I mean, it sounds almost like, I don't want to say a done deal. You never know in recruiting, but I'll be beyond shocked if uh, Paris Johnson and Darian Henry are not Buckeyes. And that's, of course, uh, great news. I mean, Paris Johnson has been committed to the Buckeyes, but some people have wondered, might he decommit? Sounds like he re will reaffirm his commitment. And Darian Henry is the number two player in the state, even after his his ratings dropped a little bit. He's still the number 111 player in the country and one of the top 10 defensive linemen in the country. But, uh, it, you know, what are you hearing about Paris Johnson and Darian Henry? You feeling good about those guys? Yeah, I feel good about that. Uh, same uh, info that's coming out that you're hearing is both of those guys could uh, go ahead and reaffirm their commitment. I know uh, Ohio State is pretty big on Henry as well. Uh, looking at him more as a defensive tackle than a defensive end, uh, he's a guy that will, will need to put up put on a little bit more weight once he hits campus, but he definitely has immense talent there. So just keeping those two in-state kids in the fold will be big for this program. Um, obviously getting the linebackers situated and a couple more defensive backs will be ideal. And I think that will come uh, before July 4th. I want to close the show talking about Mike Yurcich, Ohio State's quarterbacks coach, passing game coordinator, spent the last six years at Oklahoma State as the offensive coordinator. You know, and getting him to come here is not the quote-unquote offensive coordinator where he's calling the shots. Although we know Ryan Ryan Day said he's going to call the plays. Ryan Day has said Ryan Day is calling the plays. So I find that interesting. But I, I think that was a great hire. It would have been a great hire if he was the offensive coordinator and he wasn't calling the plays. But to come here knowing that Technically, he has Kevin Wilson ahead of him on the totem pole. Maybe Yursich has more power than Wilson interior, you know, inside the building. We don't really know. But the bottom line is I really like this guy. Uh, I posted a couple stories to the site yesterday, Jay Book. This guy is no frills. For those that haven't watched the videos or haven't read his comments, he is just – I like it. I mean, maybe he's a media guy. I shouldn't like it because he's given sometimes two-word answers when he doesn't like the question, but I like this guy. You know, yesterday I did a story. He talks about how – listen, I don't golf. I don't fish. I watch film. That's what I do. I'm a football coach. And he was talking about how much he loves watching film. And um, I'm just really impressed with Mike Yurcich. Just your thoughts on Coach Yurcich. Hey, I think he's going to be uh, a valuable asset to the program as far as being able to coordinate that running, that passing game. And you mentioned him saying that his hobby is watching film. He's a hermit. I mean, uh, those type of guys that are film junkies, that's all they want to do. They love football. They eat, breathe, and just watch football film. And that's what you got in him. So if he's able uh, to help develop Justin Fields in that, that quarterback room, then obviously uh, his value is going to be immense within the program as well as a national uh, name. He's a guy that, that really developed some, some lowly ranked guys at Oklahoma State and turned them into prolific passers. And he's had uh, a lot of say in that, that Mike Gundy offense, which is uh, fantastic down there in the Big 12. Um, so I'm excited to see what he brings to the table. He could be uh, one of those savant type of uh, college football coordinators that doesn't say much, but he really just gets the job done, understands the game, understands uh, what needs to be done as far as being able to scheme teams and uh, being able to scheme the offense open. So I'm excited to see what he does. The big thing for me is develop Justin Fields' game, get him to be playing at a high level. And if he could do that, everything else would be gravy. You know, it's interesting. Yurcich, um stopped short of saying it's Justin Fields' job and, and Gunnar Hoke's going to be the backup, but, but, but we'll compete. Um, and Ryan Day has said the same thing. It'd be very easy for them to say, yeah, Gunnar knows he's coming in as the number two, but he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna push Justin for the job. That's not what they're saying. As we all know, what coaches say publicly, 
Um, you know, especially what they say to the media, probably what, like 1% is true. No, but seriously, all joking aside, it would be easy for them to say, you know, Gunner knows he's coming here as the number two, but they're not saying that they're saying that it's an open competition. They kind of say, if you read between the lines, Justin Fields has, you know, the, the inside track, but what do you make of that? Is that just coach speak? Uh, it's a little bit of both. Uh, it's coach speak in the sense that everyone knows that Justin Fields is going to be the guy, but you just can't openly come out. Uh, right now before camp starts and say Justin Fields uh, is going to be the starter without even really saying Gunnar Hope to see what he can do in this offense. Uh, you want to have competition. Uh, you want to have Hope push uh, Justin Fields. You don't want Justin Fields' heads to get big. You want to have him to have a little chip on his shoulder and feel like that he has a little heat behind him so that he can continue to maximize his uh, competitive nature every day in practice. But once the, the game gets live and we get out there in week one, I have no doubt in my mind that Justin Fields will be the starter. I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. Great stuff as always from Jonah Booker. Really appreciate it, Jay Book. And thanks to all the listeners out there for tuning in the show. I appreciate that as well. Hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend. Let's hear that Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land. Bye.